0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. To convince a child to keep walking, try switching rules with them. Let the child play the role of the parent.
1: They'll immediately do what you want them to do.
2: You are raising in your home people that the Bible is very clear about their status. They need to be converted, not just a conformity of their behavior. They need a
0: transforming encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate priority. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Let's go back in time to Europe, shall we? This is Wretched Radio. <laughs> sorry. Look, sometimes you have ADHD symptoms, too. And I said, let's go back in time to Europe. It made me think of Huey Lewis in the News singing "Let Gotta Get Back in Time, which, of course, made me to think about Back uh, to the Future, which you? was entirely preposterous. You have to have... Simultaneous universes for every second of every year going on. If we're going to just lurch from one era to the other, which is exactly the subject matter du jour. Thank you for permitting me to have a brain synapse. Europe has always been the tip of the spear when it comes to worldly philosophies, ideologies. There are certain countries that you can thank for the world that we are experiencing today as we will soon hear, France, the liberal Germans, Ufta. But we are going to start our European tour back in time. In Great Britain, Malcolm Muggeridge, he's a fellow who was a rascal journalist. He had a reputation. I think the phrase was that he was considered NSIT, which means not safe in taxis because he was a perpetual Um, lout with women. He had some sort of expression of Christian conversion in the 60s, started writing against the culture. I'm not suggesting that we go to him for theology, but he was a brilliant fellow, and his observations about culture in Great Britain during the years of the sexual revolution are poignant. This is Malcolm Muggeridge. Whereas Other civilizations have been brought down by attacks of barbarians from without. Ours has the unique distinction of training its own destroyers at its own educational institutions and providing them with facilities for propagating their destructive ideology far and wide, all at the public expense. This could have been written today, he writes thus. Has Western man decided to abolish himself, creating his own boredom out of his own affluence? Because you have to have means to think the way that the world currently does. If you visit, I, I think, as was demonstrated in the film, what is a woman when Matt Walsh went to Germany to say, hey, did you know a man could become a woman? They were like, <laughs> you're bonkers because they weren't affected by a culture that allows so much largesse and lazy thinking and worldly thinking disseminated through the universities. Malcolm Muggeridge, man has decided to abolish himself out of his own affluence, out of his own boredom, his own vulnerability, out of his own strength, his own impotence, out of his own erotomania. Because even then, as has always been the case, cultures are... Predominated in their thinking. Is it predominated or just dominated? They are thoroughly saturated in sexual issues because that's the fallen man. Muggeridge, man blowing the trumpet that brought the walls of his own city tumbling down and having convinced himself that he was too numerous. Huh. I wonder if Bill Gates knew that there were people saying back in the 60s that there's too many people on the planet. He labored with pill and scalpel and syringe to make himself fewer. Yeah, abortion hasn't uh, hurt that cause until at last, having educated himself into imbecility. That's tweetable. Having educated himself into imbecility. Isn't that a great word to describe the world? You just say kooky, dingy. Yeah, it's all of that, but it's imbecility. It, It goes beyond just not thinking consistently well. Because there's no well thinking going on. It's just, well, imbecility. And polluted and drugged himself into stupefaction. He keeled over a weary, battered old brontosaurus and became extinct. And he was being very prescient, was he not? As long as we're in Great Britain, let me share with you a couple of the current stories that would prove, I think, conclusively enough that Malcolm Muggeridge was onto something. <laughs> I was reading an article. Uh, I think it was the American Thinker, something like that. And the fellow actually had the courage to admit he didn't call himself. Oh, I know. He was he was identifying current culture as being demonic, professing to not be a religious man. He said, "What else do you call this?" And in Jordan Peterson-like fashion, he said, look, even if you don't believe in devils and stuff, the reality, this is something bad. And the word demonic describes it well. And he was actually honest enough to admit, even as an unbeliever, what is going on is totally bonkers. And then he confessed Decades ago, when some of us were saying there's a slippery slope, he was critical of it. Now he's recognizing, I guess we done slipped because what's going on in culture is unmistakable, even to some unbelievers. Malcolm Muggeridge, he saw the slippery slope coming. Article one British school kids told prostitution is a rewarding job. Well, of <laughs> what? That somehow. In our brains, because of horrific anthropology, certainly a lack of theology, there are those who are trying to teach children that prostitution can be a rewarding job. This will just get your goat. The Times in Great Britain reporting about some organizations that are trying to get sex with children promoting sexual kinks, including being locked in a cage, beaten and slapped. Well, that's what they're trying to teach the kids at the ripe old age of 14. Nobody should be learning that, by the way. In one post on one of these websites, a girl wrote to say she felt dirty after being coerced into having sex for money. And what did the gurus at these sex education sites say back? Quote, There are many people doing sex work who do enjoy what they do. Even if they don't necessarily enjoy the sex, it can be really difficult to do that job. But many people find it rewarding, just like other jobs. (laughs) What? How did we get here? This type of thinking doesn't happen overnight. We have a tendency to ask, well, what happened to our culture? Forget this current culture. We've got to go back in time did you ever see back to the future 2 it was absolutely ridiculous in 30 years they imagined what like i'm sorry i was digressing again (laughs) and then they made back to the future 3 which frankly i think whoever was involved with that movie needs to repent
1: wasn't that the western one
2: yeah that was the western (laughs) one it was terrible with mary (laughs) steenburgen they had to get the cart going 88 gigawatts or whatever (laughs) that thing was all about. There's a school in Leeds, England that demonstrates we've been slipping on the slope for a long time. Bad thinking doesn't just pop out of nowhere. It comes from somewhere. Leeds, England, The Telegraph. There's a dance school called the Northern School of Contemporary Dance, which is dropping ballet from its auditions. They, In other words, if you want to become a part of the school where they teach all of these subjects, they're no longer going to include as part of what you must demonstrate as a potential artist student, ballet. They're canceling ballet auditions. Now, they still teach it, which is funny, but they don't include it in the auditions. Why? Because it's white and elitist. Duh! <laughs> Listen to this. Ballet has been ditched as a requirement for school entry auditions because of its contentious nature with teaching staff explaining that the traditional mode of dance comes with the baggage of white European ideas. That's right. Thanks to CRT and LGBTQ, etc. Somehow ballet now is verboten. The centuries-old art form was seen as being a barrier to inclusion because of the exclusionary financial burden of taking classes, and all because of its idealizing of certain European body shapes and division of roles among gender lines. Now, you would get the point from this, but it's just too rich. You, 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 as a Christian, cannot write this type of imbecility. There are issues. ...in ballet relating to body, money, language, and movement vocabulary. You say, what is movement vocabulary? Glad you asked. The ballet traditional terminology, which has led to gender distinctions... ...such as ballerina for women and danseur for men... ...and the everyday use of men and women, girls and boys in dance classes. We can't have that. That makes people feel awful. Furthermore, it's expensive, so people who can't afford ballet lessons can't do it. And furthermore, you have to have a particular body shape. And let's be honest, the origination of ballet came from white people. And so we're canceling it. And so they have dropped ballet and tried to invoke now in their classes where they still teach it gender neutral names, terminology. I'm sure that they are being put into pretzels trying to accomplish that. The question is, how did we get here? How did this happen? It didn't happen overnight. Let's continue to go back in time in Europe to understand from whence this wacky world came. Next on Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? wretched.org slash
1: Bible. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will, morals? Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, Thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel Partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate, or you can also just as easily text the word Wretched to the number 44321. The war for
2: life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, was firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. We war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war. And we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, Woman by woman, would you please consider supporting preborn.org/slash wretched, providing free ultrasound, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing similec, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched.
0: Church Fathers. Clement of Alexandria was an apologist in the late second century. He ran a school in Alexandria, Egypt, where he instructed new converts and trained Christian apologists. He taught that only Christianity, with its revelation from God in the Bible, has the answers regarding creation, good and evil, and salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Just in case
2: you haven't been paying attention prostitution is now good, and ballet is racist. Congratulations, you're caught up. What
0: you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points And may God have mercy on your soul.
2: This is Wretched Radio. What Malcolm Muggeridge identified as imbecility we are seeing in full display today as Western civilization has been on a slippery slope, not for decades, but for centuries. Therefore, you and I must go back in time to Europe to identify from whence our current thinking came. Right now in Great Britain, two stories, a an artistic school called the Northern School of Contemporary Dance saying, mm, we're not gonna have ballet auditions because they're white racist and they use vocabulary that makes people feel bad. British schools, there are organizations trying to teach kids that prostitution is a rewarding job. You and I can pull out our hair or we can go back in time, courtesy of Carl Truman, his book, Strange New World, It's probably not new ground for you if you've had to endure a philosophy class, which, of course, is a nightmare because you're trying to understand, well, to use Malcolm Muggeridge's word, imbecility. Carl Truman has done a bang-up job of helping us to study philosophy in Europe, specifically in France, courtesy of somebody named... Jean-Jacques Rousseau. But before we study Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who was in the early to mid-18th century, you have to go back in time. Remember, worldly philosophies, they do not happen just immediately. They, They don't just pop out of the blue, which leads me to a
0: really lame sermon illustration. Life was like a box of chocolates. Let's say you're driving along the road with your family, and you're driving along. Woo. If you were a four-and-a-half-foot teddy bear named
2: Fuzzy. <laughs> I, I, I hope you are not a four-and-a-half-foot teddy bear, and we're offended by that. A really lame illustration. Worldly ideologies are like A taxi ride. That's right. It's like, a wait, we better make it more hip and relevant. Worldly philosophies are like an Uber ride. When you see somebody getting out of an Uber, that's not where they were. They don't just pop out of the car. I'm here. Well, where'd you come from? Nowhere. I'm just right here. They started the journey back in time and back in a different location. And then they traveled, progressively making ground until they arrived at the destination. And while we're not quite at the destination of depravity, it's not the final stop yet. We are certainly getting a whole lot closer to the station, aren't we? The question is, how did we get here? You've gotta go back on these train tracks. Yes, I've mixed my analogy, but you gotta go back. So before, there was a Jean-Jacques Rousseau, you have to say it that way, by the way, because going, Jack John Russo doesn't sound all that intellectual. You've got to go back. What, what were the ideas that predated this that were pushing the boundaries of societal norms, but then allowed, then they, then they were accepted in, in the society as being normative. And then somebody took that and grew and built and moved it further down the field. Now that's three analogies we've got going on. And today we see in full bloom the thinking of, well, somebody predated Rene Des- Descartes. But let's just start with him, shall we? He believed in the 16th century, 17th century, he was born 1596. Got to question everything. Uh, who, who am I? Why am I here? Is this reality? I think, therefore, I am, aren't I? And it becomes profoundly complex, that statement, I think, therefore, I am. But it, bottom line with Descartes is he just questioned every... Are you sure that's the way it is? Does that sound like a familiar question, by the way, that we heard in the garden? He then paved the way for Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Got a French name, but he was a Genevan philosopher, 1712, 1778. His thought, this is from Carl Truman, his thought was an inspiration for both the French Revolution and the artistic movement known as Romanticism. Think Rousseau, think Romanticism. That's, that's the era where it sounds, well, it's lovey-dovey and Cupid shooting an arrow. Well, it was kind of that, but more than that, it was a worldview that said enough with the empiricism, the science, the logic and reason. What about our feelings? What about our emotions? And he had, it's bonkers, but nevertheless, it's good to understand it. A philosophy that got him there. By the way, to understand Rousseau, you need to know that he sent all five of his kids to an orphanage, which probably meant an early death right after they were born. Why? Because of individualism. It's heavy to have children. Therefore, I can get rid of them because it's me. This is the beginning In clearer view, worldly philosophies are always anti-God. They always are. But this now starts our trek toward the autonomous self. He locates identity in the inner psychological life of the individual. Feelings are central, according to Rousseau. He sees society or culture as exerting a corrupting influence on the self in other words, you were born a certain way, and culture has been trying to mold you like play And because of that, you're miserable and unhappy, aren't you? Break the shackles of cultural restraint and be you. That's Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And while he didn't use these contemporary phrases, nevertheless, it's his ideologies that have led to postmodernism and now the autonomous self. To the extent that society prevents us from acting consistently with our feelings, to that extent, it prevents us from being who we really are. In other words, society makes us inauthentic. Hey, there's a word we hear a lot. Just being authentic, man. I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. This, I'm authentic. I'm the real deal. That's a fascinating word to follow. What Rousseau proposed as something novel and exciting is now the norm. To know who a person is, in fact to know yourself one needs only to have access to their inner thoughts for it's there the real person is found and that is why Sigmund Freud also continued the corruption of western culture because it's your your inner man your id your ego we got to figure out who the real you is because you are being oppressed mostly by christianity because wouldn't it be nice to live out your sexual fantasies any way that you wanted to without feeling bad about it has its roots in Rousseau offers the world what is the in in a sense the first modern autobiography so he wrote all about himself this is my experience this is the real me it was really we can consider Rousseau the first one to write an autobiography which tells you something about a fellow doesn't it hey jimmy yes i'm going to write a book and i want the subject to be amazing I'm going to pick myself.
1: I thought you were going to pick me.
2: I think, see, you'd write an autobiography about you, Rousseau, demonstrating. The inward move, this is Truman. The inward move helps to explain some of the characteristics of modern society. Example, the notion of authenticity. The genuine person is the one who acts outwardly in a manner consistent with how they think or feel inside. Let you be you. Modern society has exalted this notion of authenticity to the point where at times it cuts directly against the value of previous generations, with an emphasis on restraint and self-control. Rousseau's focus on the inner psychological life, which I'm sure Sigmund Freud appreciated, the psychological life of the individual, is what takes us to the heart of who we actually are. It represents a key development in Western culture, the significance of which still has a profound effect on how we think of our identities today. And he uses an example that's fascinating. These days, it is not uncommon to hear one of state leaders, local leaders, national leaders use foul language. You know, that's what shocked America, and awakened us to what was going on in the White House when Richard Nixon was president? Expletive deleted. What? The president was swearing in the Oval Office? Now, if you don't hear a president swear, he's not authentic. He's he's hiding himself. We don't know who the real president is, so when somebody just lays it all out there, daddy-o, now we know who the real person is. That is the modern concept of authenticity and has its roots in Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and we would do well to study him, understand him, because he is the one that put us on the precipice of a slippery slope and shoved us over the edge, and we have been careening toward depravity ever since. All you need to do is open up your social media feed and one nonsense, no, one imbecilical? Is that a word? It is now, one imbecilical ideology, worldview, piece of legislation after another. Why Jean-Jacques so. This
1: is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hanks. How about we start off with some news from Disney? We haven't had the opportunity to talk about the wokest place on earth in quite a while, and well, they've been living up to that moniker. Disney's announced that they've made a slight alteration to the name of one traditional cast member role. Employees of the bibbidi Boppity Boutique at the Magic Kingdom have been referred to in the past as fairy godmothers in training. But now a slight change will have them known as fairy godmothers apprentices. As in apprentices of the fairy godmother? According to a Disney blog, the change came about so cast members that may not identify as female can still be a part of playing dress up. You know, I think they really missed a huge opportunity here. They could have made a big statement because I think the fairy god person's non-male first year training individual has a much better ring to it. Well, we've talked previously about all the controversy that seems to surround the Los Angeles Unified School District, and, well, they continue to do all they can to force radical and weird race and gender ideologies on students, like teaching kindergartners to experiment with pronouns. Oh, that's fun. And requiring teachers to keep children's gender transition a secret from their parents. Teaching children that it's okay to keep anything from their parents, well, that's not just slightly overstepping, that's purposely putting yourself in a place you have zero business in. Parents, if you have a child in this school district, you might want to move them. Well, the cancel culture in Minneapolis is alive and well. Just hours before the scheduled start of a sold out show from comedian Dave Chappelle, First Avenue canceled the event. In a statement released by The Venue, they said, quote, we must hold ourselves to the highest standards and we let you down. People have been protesting Chappelle for a while now because he's been pretty outspoken on his views. And apparently some folks strongly oppose those views, so they have been attempting to cancel Dave Chappelle. And you know, back when our world wasn't as cuckoo as it is right now, when someone like Dave Chappelle said something you didn't like, you chose not to watch any of his shows or movies and you didn't spend your money on him. But to have the mindset that everybody has to see things the way you do, or they're going to be canceled. That's what children do. Selfish children that don't get their way. And this is an example of just where our country is at the moment. Eric Adams, the progressively progressive mayor of New York City, said in a tweet last year that New York City is and has always been a city of immigrants, a destination for diversity and a place where people from every nation seek refuge, raise families, and enrich communities. But fast forward a year later, and this is what Mayor Progressive had to say yesterday when asked about the influx of illegal immigrants coming into New York City. This is a real burden on New Yorkers as we're trying to do the right thing. That's a vastly different position from the one he seemed to have last year. But for the liberals, whatever fits the narrative at the moment is what they go with. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks of the Bible.
0: Nehemiah is the continuing story of exiles returning from Babylonian captivity. In this book, the people rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and renew the covenant under the leadership of Nehemiah. Despite opposition, the wall is rebuilt in 52 days and it's perceived as a work wrought by God. God will bless that work which brings him honour. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Forgive me in advance
2: for this. The BBC recently decided to bolster the flagging credibility of third-wave feminism by showcasing this masterpiece, Feminist Music. Like the Carpenters, it's only just begun. Feminist music. Do you feel it? Bolstering the flag of third wave feminism. Hey, wait a second. If there's a third wave, there must have been a second and a first wave. How long does this go on? How did we get here? These are adults. Or monkeys in a cage at a zoo, I'm not sure which. Oh, stop it. This is Wretched Radio, courtesy of Carl Truman, a history of Western philosophy that has precipitated what we are seeing today. Third wave feminism, it it would have been unthinkable 100 years ago so this has been done in stages done in steps what was merely whispered behind closed doors is now full-throated and that doesn't happen all by itself there's a history and we would do well to go further back in time in europe before postmodernism, before the french philosophy of the derrida's and not jean-jacques rousseau he was the romantic guy michael foucault We got to go back. Let's go back to Rousseau. He expresses in more theoretical terms in his famous first and second discourses that it is society that corrupts the individual, that individual corruption is not, as they say, the Christian theologian argued, the result of an innate tendency to lawbreaking inherited from our primeval ancestor Adam. In other words, Rousseau taught you're born basically good you are a good and we see that thinking by the way dominate society today we are basically good that is why we incarcerate somebody do you know what it was like growing up as a child do you know what they've endured they've been corrupted therefore they're not to blame that's why you see people getting off the hook it started back in time with jean-jacques rousseau who changed western civilizations thinking about anthropology that we're basically good, not bad. Society is the problem, not the individual. We see the seed of numerous modern tendencies in this. For example, this is why the way in which criminal justice often tilts toward taking environmental factors into consideration when adjudicating the personal responsibility of an individual for a particular crime. The idea that an abusive childhood might mitigate such responsibilities is commonplace in our culture. You even see that with the insanity defense. Not that anything is considered insane anymore, but if the individual has a mental issue, an emotional struggle, that, of course, the psychotherapists, who are thoroughly discredited with their thinking about what causes bad thinking, nevertheless... They make the case the person has a mental-emotional struggle. Therefore, go lightly or let him off. For whatever it's worth and you didn't ask, but I'm going to share with you, if somebody does have diminished mental capacities, oh, I, I understand that. I've got them. But do I know that it's wrong to murder, rape, pillage, plunder? Yeah, I do. So who cares what my IQ is? If you know it's wrong, Then you willingly committed a crime, not these days, thanks in part to Jean-Jacques Rousseau of the 18th century, who said it's really culture's problem because we're the one who has caused the mental illness. This notion is not entirely misplaced, of course. We need to recognize there can be times where somebody does have some sort of a back history to it, and we want to consider that but we don't want to override morality because of that. But Jean-Jacques Rousseau did, that was the whole point. Philosophy, if you want a definition for it, in my opinion, it is whatever system currently breaks cultural shackles. That's what every worldly ideology is about. We also see here the underlying idea behind so much of modern child-centered education. Isn't that an interesting thought that maybe the way that we're teaching our kids today that causes us to go, wait, what, what, we, what are we doing? We're teaching math how? New math, what? Like sudden like math is new and can be twisted around. It's a malleable affair where we can do it any way that we want to. What is that? Where did that come from? Well, what about teaching kids the ABCs in the old days? Why do we now teach them how to be their authentic self? Because we don't want culture imposing their values on them, whether it is math, whether it is art, whether it is economics, and most certainly, religious. Places of performance, of learning to follow, and then to give expression to that inner voice of nature. That's that's what education systems are. Not places where the inner nature is to be tamed and formed into something else. The end result is much akin to that which the contemporary political scientist Yuval Levin has identified as a reversal in the nature of institutions. From places of formation to places of performance. Fascinating. It has its roots. in Jean-Jacques Rousseau, what... Carl Truman calls expressive individualism. I am most truly myself when I'm able to express outwardly what the voice of nature says inwardly. Doing that to use modern parlance is what makes me authentic. This is from Jean-Jacques Rousseau. I've translated this for you just in case you don't speak French. This of course, uh, this is this is his, his quote, man is born free, yet everywhere he is in chains. Man is born free, yet everywhere he is in chains. Is that true? Do we really see children who are sinless when they come out of the womb? Furthermore, do they not rely on other human beings? They're not autonomous as children. Frankly, none of us are autonomous. But Rousseau wanted to introduce the idea of authentic self, authenticity, letting the you be you because nature has conformed you into something that you aren't, and what you really are is better than what society is trying to transform you into. And so he wrote, man is born free. That is just absolute nonsense. Man is born totally reliant on adults, This is what Carl Truman said, Of all creatures on the face of the earth, human beings are born remarkably dependent on others, (laughs) and that for a remarkably long period of time, we're dependent upon our parents from birth for years. No newborn child left alone to its own desires will survive more than a few days. One, therefore, might respond to Rousseau by saying, Man is born utterly dependent on others, but everywhere tries to persuade himself that such an obvious fact is not actually true. Meditating upon the natural wonders of the world served to reshape people, to reconnect them with nature and their own true humanity and that of others. And so in order to be emotionally healthy, contemporary lingo, you got to get in touch with nature, specifically your own nature. Does that not fly in the face of what the Bible teaches about our nature? That we are born totally depraved? That we are utterly corrupt? No. If we are, Rousseau would tell you, it's because of culture. And so his his philosophy has really encouraged a what you see is what you get, man. Hey, look, that's just the way I am. This is how I roll. It's permission to behave rottenly because that's who you really are. In short, the romantics of whom Rousseau was chief grant an authority to feelings to that inner psychological space that all human beings possess. Those feelings are first and foremost genuine, pristine and true guides to who human beings actually are. It is only society with its petty rivalries, competitive nature and its artificial sophistication that twists, perverts and distorts those feelings. Boy, can't you just hear the human being rationalize their sin with that ideology? that is a key move in the path to the modern self made more compelling by the fact that it is expressed in an artistic form rather than a philosophical argument that is how we got here we don't really use philosophy courtesy of rousseau the other romantics including poets like percy shelley byron keats they they wanted us to be guided by our feelings. And unlike contemporary thinking, um, these feelings, uh, they don't want less of them, they want more of them.
0: Feelings.
2: Alpert's wrong!
0: Nothing more than feelings. Feelings are everything!
2: They're imperative. This is This is what feelings are. They're wonderful get out of my life the romantic says no they are my life and that is what i am ruled by this is wretched radio
1: Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people from small towns and cities that suffered from the war.
2: That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine, continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids clubs where they can, and because of the war, providing resources, food and shelter and prayer and, of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched
1: transformed our latest production is available now in the wretched store or by visiting transformed.org this show is like nothing else on christian tv you'll witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people dealing with real issues like anxiety ocd depression phobias and trauma what you won't see is a secular therapy session or even a christian counseling session which still uses secular psychology no you are going to witness the power of the bible and Work right before your eyes. Real people with real problems being offered real solutions. Hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at The Masters University, and Dr. Dale Johnson, the Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Transformed, where you'll witness biblical counseling as it takes people from brokenness to wholeness. Visit transformed.org.
2: Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared Bible.
0: Attributes of God. Exodus chapter 20 verse 5 tells us that God is jealous. Jealousy is an intense desire to protect one's own glory, honor, and name. Since God is perfect, it is only right for him to protect his own glory. Take comfort knowing that God will receive glory, and his glory is good for you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You
1: want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle
0: the truth! Order in
2: the court. This is Wretched Radio. Hope you're prepared to play one of America's fastest growing game sensations which story is most imbecilic not just imbecilic most imbecilic i hold between my never before nicotine stained fingers a number of stories that our judge jimmy will use to determine which story is most imbecilic jimmy are you prepared for your onerous responsibility to represent the tens and tens of people listening to wretched radio
1: If anybody knows imbecilic, it's me.
2: Totally qualified. Story (laughs) number one. You're going to struggle, I'm telling you. Malcolm Muggeridge, who is not a theologian to whom we look. Nevertheless, he had a good grasp of what was going on in his world when he had some sort of Christian experience in the 60s. And he identified the imbecility that was dominating culture's thinking, which would lead to human obsolescence, where we're just destroying ourselves. Once great societies, now crumbling from within. Story number one, as long as we're in Great Britain, the Church of England, struggling to define the word woman. That's right, a senior bishop was asked the question, What is the Church of England's definition of a woman? He argued the definition used to be self-evident, but no longer had a simple answer. Oh, cool. So we learn stuff from the world, which helps us to not understand what is self-evident and biblical, that God made two genders. He created male and female. That's it. No, 21st century. We've learned some stuff. We need to bring that book up to speed. So we're not going to accept what is as obvious as the nose on my face, which is obvious. Believe me. I got to tell you, it took years. It really did. I struggled with this. I know it's vanity, but it took years. If I were outside with a group of people and it started to sprinkle, they'd all try to gather underneath my face because (laughs) you're laughing at me. This is not funny. Thought you might be refreshed by this comment from the article in Fox News about the Church of England struggling to define what a woman is. A potential prime minister. She's never going to win when she's talking like this. Penny Mordaunt, sorry, was asked, what is a woman? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a more ridiculous question that needs to be asked. Um, what is light? Oh, well, Huh. we've got a lot of contemporary information that tells us that maybe it's actually darkness. And there's other, there's other forms of light. And we're just going to let each individual define what light is. I mean, what is air? What is food? What, is, what does it mean to be anything these days? This question, what is a woman? It really, I think, represents where we are at as a society. Darkened. Quote from the prime minister contender. I am a woman. I am biologically a woman. If I have a hysterectomy or mastectomy, I'm still a woman. In other words, your body, if, if you're born that, even if you lose some of that, you're still that. That's what she was saying. I am legally a woman. Some people born male. Now, this is where she goes off the rails. Some people born male and who have been through the gender recognition process, what, are also legally female, that does not mean that they're biological women like me. What's wrong with that sentence? In fact, that sentence actually um, might be more dangerous than the bishop's ambiguity about what makes a woman a woman. Did you hear the distinction? If you've gone through a gender recognition process, you've identified, hey, I guess I'm a chick <laughs> and you've, you've made that decision. Then you can be legally a chick.
1: I thought that happened when you were born.
2: But you're not biologically a woman. Oh, okay. So this is sort of like a redefinition of marriage. Love is love. You identify as a gender. You can be that legal. We will codify that legally. Therefore, incidentally, you've got certain privileges, rights, And we are going to actually praise you for your thinking and for your believing. I think her statement, Jimmy, might actually be a little bit more dangerous than than the Bishop of Great Britain, even though she sounds like she's got her head on straight. We've got to reject this legal versus biological definition of what it means to be a woman. Story number two, put me in a room with a box of crack and I would not be able to write this headline. Leah Thompson, he's the dude Will. who wears Will, who wears a woman's bathing suit and competes against women at the University of Pennsylvania, has been nominated by the university for Woman of the Year. <laughs> and they give hearty affirmation to that which is evil. That is precisely what is going on here. Leah Thompson, story number two. It's Will. What's Will's of real? Will Thompson. Will Thompson. Oh, that stays the same. Right. But wait a second. There's a problem. Thompson. Thomas. Thomas. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Thomas has the letter M in it. And that letter, as well as the A, is in the word male. Oh. (sighs) I think we need to reject him. Story number three. The army. Well, aren't they progressive here? I thought they were enlisted to protect and defend. Nope, they've got apparently an agenda that they're trying to impose on culture. Army mandatory training requires soldiers to shower with transgender people of the opposite sex, including those who have not surgically transitioned. <sighs> what could possibly go wrong? I read, read another story. There was there's a guy who said, I'm actually a girl, so they put him into a woman's prison. Yeah,
1: yeah, and two
2: yeah. Two women pregnant. Yeah.
1: (laughs) How'd you not see that one
2: coming? But it's right if your worldview is wrong. It makes perfect sense to the senseless. And that's exactly what the Army is experiencing. In June 2021, the Biden administration issued an order to the Department of Defense requiring all qualified transgender individuals to be allowed to serve openly in the military, This reverses the former administration's position. And you don't even need, by the way, to have gone through the scalpel to supposedly become another gender, as if body parts somehow make you a woman then you're good to go, and we're going to protect you. That's story number three, Jimmy. Did you ever see that video where they've got the soldiers walking in high heels? <laughs> yes. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. The Pentagon has begun recruiting illegal immigrants who are brought to the U.S. as children to aid the recruitment shortfall. In other words... The army is desperate for people. Hmm, maybe it's because society understands what the new agenda of the military is and they don't want to join it. So now we enlist people who are here illegally because we have such a shortfall in the military. General, nothing to see here. It's all good. Your ideology will impose it, sir. It's... All going according to plan.
1: I also read last week that they have um, dropped the high school education requirements. Yes, right. Yeah,
2: and you know there could be a role for those folks. Now there's regularly a backstory to it, but there could be a, they could do things for the military. If you don't give them something that could cause a lot of people to die. So I, I get that, but it is another indicator. Whatever. You don't need what? Because they're so desperate to get people. Story number four. Oh, we miss this. At the Calgary Stampede, we miss the drag brunch. That's right. At the Calgary Stampede drag brunch. That would be in Nashville, man. Costs $45 to stand, $70 with a buffet-style brunch, and then there's a VIP meet-and-greet. Ooh. And you get to meet the headliner, Nikki Dahl, at a Western extravaganza. Listen, listen. (laughs) Did you ever wonder what it would sound like if John Wayne spun in his grave? Well, that's the sound that you're hearing. All right, Jimmy. Story number one, Church of England struggling, but perhaps even more than that. Uh, She sounds like she's conservative, but a potential prime minister saying there's a distinction between legal female, legal male and biological male and female. Uh Oh, number two, Leah Thompson. Not Tom. No, Thomas. Why do I want to change your name? Well, because she did. He did it. (laughs) (laughs) Leah Thomas nominated as the woman of the year by the university where women are being abused. Soldiers have to shower with other folks and drag brunch. Jimmy, you be the judge. What say you, sir? story number one, two, three, or four?
1: Three. Three. Yeah.
2: It... Oh, the army? Yes, Bismuth? that's
1: terrible. <laughs> that's terrible, man. Don't worry.
2: You, your wife, and children are perfectly safe. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.